This is the Beige and the Bold, and today we are watching Darmok. I'm Van Velding and Riker, making love to a beautiful woman. And I'm Derek and Jordy, making love to a beautiful woman. You ready? Yep. Three, two, one, engage. Jacket? It's not here yet. Hold on, we have to wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. No, it, it's a thing. It's a whole presence. There it is. Okay, what the hell is this? I mean, this is like I don't, I don't understand. Like, is he having a midlife crisis? Is that why his shoulder pads are leather? I don't know. Uh, I believe Patrick Stewart asked for a jacket. Is he like it's stupid? It's stupid. It's <laughs> stupid. Is there like a motorcycle club on like lower decks where they just ride around in a circle? <laughs> I mean, we will learn later that uh, Patrick Stewart loves dune buggies, but like, okay. there's no excuse for this nonsense. There's no excuse for it. Yeah, and, and this is kind of one of those. Um, like, it kind of felt as if they knew that he was going to get transported down into like a survival situation so they needed some sort of survival looking costume and an excuse for him to have it on already and they just kind of put this on decided "Eh, we're not going to explain it we're just going to go with it this jacket stays wait 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 it's going to be around what (laughs) what like <laughs> this this is what happens when you let Troy run around in a, a goddamn bell bottom jumper. Like uh, it it normalizes it, Derek. It's normalized. <laughs> and this is what happens when you don't draw a line here. You don't draw the line here and refuse to allow people to go any further. This yeah. is the result. This stupid fing jacket. Yeah. I had this action figure as a kid and it was the worst guy. Oh, there was an action figure with that jacket? Are you serious? Oh, yeah, you know how action figures are. By the time this series was done, they're like (laughs) autumnal uh, underlights Troy with, like, her hair up. Yeah. And, like, Picard from that one episode where he was in shorts. Action (laughs) figures are cray, man. Okay, do they have him in his uh, captain's pajamas? I mean, they would have if this show ran for (laughs) one more season. Yeah, probably. All right. And so this frustrates me. We have a communication problem. We have someone who's telepathic, but we don't give her any sort of agency to help solve this problem. And she's empathic and she's providing important context about the peacefulness of their intention. Well, we don't, we don't, we don't define what empathy is. And so Jordy just becomes like, well, they seem like they're fine. (laughs) I was like, yes, all of us who have any sort of emotional intelligence can also do that. Give me something I can use, Troy. Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely great that Picard's like, hello, how are you doing? I'm Captain Picard. Ignore the huge gorilla in front of me. They're very bad at communicating body language. Yeah. And it's like, so, Riker, why are you standing here in the foreground? He, yeah. Picard speak. There's a different language you're ignoring, Riker. Right. When he did the in winter thing, uh, that's where I got what was happening. Uh, yeah. And this episode... It, I, I guess it assumes you're not going to... Uh, oh, it's kind of fun watching this a second time because oh, yeah. I, I oh, kind of yeah. know what he's saying now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great. When the wall falls, he's saying he fell. And so they're trying to figure out how to like talk to them. Yeah, um, and they're they're pitching ideas. Right, right. Rui and Jungi, Zima Zanzo. Yeah. Uh, 
And then at some point, he's actually going to pitch Mirap, his sails unfurled. He's yeah. going to say, let's bail, dude. This isn't yeah. working. Yeah. Right. Uh, for those of you listening, this is the episode where the alien... It's Darmok. It's Darmok, man. It's Darmok and Gelada Tanagra. Yeah. I, uh, I, only re- I only recently came across uh, this particular reference uh and i'm i'm over 35 years old so um yeah this was kind of impressive how i I mean warf would have been asleep at the wheel huh he didn't make sure that they couldn't teleport people off the (laughs) ship like what the hell like very few people are dicks on this scale like the sheliac that's it <laughs> right, but don't they? They always talk about like having their shields up. They can't transport anyone. So you would assume that if they had their shields up, then no one would have been able to transport anyone off the ship. Seems like that would be like your first rule of contacting someone who you don't know what their intentions are is to have your shields up or some way to where they can't teleport you into like a dungeon or something. But it's a generally peaceful meeting, so their shields are down to avoid the appearance of aggression. Uh, it's a heck of a cold open here, because this guy yeah. just beams Picard down to a planet, pops out with two knives. Holds yeah. Up, like, what up? <laughs> yeah, just gives like a knowing look to Picard, like, huh? Huh? Yeah, two knives. You know what's happening. Friends. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty great, because we have we are adding uh, a martial combative element right. to this uh, like that comes completely from within us because these people have been they want to communicate they called right. us yeah they we have a hunger them. we have a hunger to communicate but you don't know why and we kind of get this is you know, we have this is a great episode when it comes to like scientific exploration you know I, I talk about it's hard to know what Starfleet really is sometimes it feels like a military a navy and sometimes it feels like they are just a bunch of nerds on a ship learning stuff, like in the yes. Antarctic or something. <laughs> uh, and this is definitely one of the latter types of episodes, and it's good. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, this is considered one of the best episodes. Oh wow, really? Apologetically love. Oh yeah, I mean, is that is that a shocker? Or... It it is not. No, this is. Uh, my my only big criticism, and I and I kind of alluded to it a little bit before about this episode is it assumes that you're that the audience is not going to figure out what's going on uh, until much much later, and yeah. at least for me that was not the case. Like I figured out in the open. So, and I think part of that part of that I'm I'm not trying to like ding ding your your cleverness or anything oh no i'm not yeah i'm not worried about that as with tos a lot of the ideas they're introducing and they go into society and they sometimes become detached from the origin yeah and then we we live in a society with memes now and this is the episode where the aliens communicate in memes right (laughs) Um, and to be clear i only realized that they were communicating via some shared experience through metaphor i didn't know like what they were saying until the end of the episode. And maybe they kind of felt that too. The writers were thinking, okay, some people figure out like what's happening, the differences in communication. I think uh, Data even says it's like uh, having the, uh, how the sent- having the syntax without the vocabulary. And, oh, absolutely. And so 
uh, I think they expected you to get it at some point, maybe, and uh, but they didn't expect you to know really the meaning until Picard kind of comes back from his hero's journey. I um I, I want to note that directing this was very difficult. Uh, the director says like it was like directing Russian because I know what it means, yeah, but I still need these actors to put the correct yeah. emphasis on it. Come on, punk! Uh, Let's get a knife fight on. Don't be a wuss, Picard. <laughs> Like just yeah. imagine if Picard's like, all right, it's a little, it's a little off balance, but I've been in sketcher knife bites before. Let's do this, and I mean, the guy's like, wait, no, what, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, the guy's got like a robot heart from a previous knife fight. I mean, yeah. So, um, uh, this guy, I, I have... this guy apparently is really into interior decorating because he's got a lot of uh, towel hanger hangers on his person. Check his legs. <laughs> his legs look like they're in braces or something. Yeah, you know, it's a costume for an alien. This is Paul Winnefield, by the way. He okay. played uh, Captain Terrell in Star Trek II. The captain who vaporized himself instead of shooting at Kirk. Aww. Uh, yeah, and he's he's a great actor in his own right. He's been in a lot of things. I think he's most famous for being in Sounder. But he's a great actor, and he does a great job under a lot of makeup in this episode. Yeah. Um, right. Because he has to communicate a lot of things with acting and not, not yeah. specifically dialogue. Yeah, I, I like the the eyes closed a bit. It's good because once he figures it out, he's like, eyes open. Yeah. And that's good. I enjoyed it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this, this gets frustrating because we get in, we tap into Will's, uh, I, I understand intuition through gambling, uh, sort of man of action reasoning yeah. and... Uh, I'm, it, it's kind of bothersome because we haven't really even attempted to, to meet them on their own playing field. I, you know, they, they've abducted the captain, which is worth some kind of action. And what Will is doing is actually very smart and very in character in that they, they've kind of put us in this adversarial position, it seems. Uh, I love that Picard fails at making fun. Well, he, so but he doesn't try again. Like, what the hell? Like, that, that kind of bothers me. He doesn't try at least a couple more times and uh, fail. I mean, if you're in a survival situation and you fail to make fire, you know that heat regulation is necessary for survival. You got to try again, man. <laughs> we argue. We've established that Picard can't make the fire, okay? Um, <laughs> Just give me he's one already more tried attempt. 20 times he's tired of the fire <laughs> okay. that was his All one right. more attempt that's fair All right. we're, we're, we've accepted that that premise and now we have to go into the part where he's dependent on Captain Dathan for heat yeah um, but yeah so, so getting back to Riker so he's like okay what we're going to do is we're going to do poker I'm going to raise and I'm going to see if they raise or if they fold right. or what happens uh, and in the end they actually raise exactly enough that Riker doesn't know what to do next. Right. Um, which is important information in its own right. But uh, eventually Riker just jumps across the table with a freaking knife. <laughs> I'm like, that's not, it's not in the rules of poker, Riker. Right. Like, we're, not, um, we're not playing in poker for our lives. Well, I guess maybe he is. I don't know. But yeah, he, yeah. he definitely escalates it pretty large. I don't know what this <laughs> is here. This is kind of interesting. You kind of feel like he's casting stones but he was wearing these bits and i kind of thought they were emblems as if you know his medals of captainhood or something um but he's taking them off and sort of casting them for however yeah. reason then he puts them around his his fire and um we never really get 
or at least I never really got what this meant, but it was pretty neat. Well, I mean, look, they're a culture which communicates exclusively in memes. If you think he's not going to bring his own dice down to the planet, I don't know what you think <laughs> of these nerd people. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He's just rolling dice for fun, man. What else is he going to do? Yeah. Got exactly. three. This one? It's a nat f***ing 20. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, he's just like flexing on him the whole time. He's like, <laughs> check these rolls, bro. But no, I have no idea what they are uh, in... Uh, in, in the context of the story, I assume they're just a unique cultural element yeah. to make the alien seem a little more alien. So this is interesting how he takes one knife with him to sleep. Um, it, yeah. it, my initial read on that was he didn't know if he could trust Picard. It wasn't he was going to defend himself, but obviously it wasn't going to attack. Um, yeah. Yeah, but Picard's you know just kind of like, all right, what am I going to do next? I'm like, you're going to try for a twenty second time to build that fire, or you're going to steal some fire, one of the two. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's fairly. I mean, what he needs to do is to buck up, find a tree, and punch that tree into a wood. <laughs> I mean, use it's... the wood to make planks. Turn the planks into a crafting table. Punch more wood. Then he's got to get stone in mind. <laughs> so this oh, is good. This is kind of a um, this is a good way um, that you know the captain like kind of resolve he recognizes picard as an issue and resolves it for him yeah and so it's complicated he's kidnapped the captain he's brandished some knives at him um and now he's going to give him fire and in so doing uh establish the basics of communication via a very simple interaction right i mean this is essentially what ceos do they do this like team building exercise like listen i'm so rich and uh, i don't really have any uh any sort of duties that you you lesser folk do. So let's go do some random thing together so I can understand how you live your lives. <laughs> yeah, well, integrate the data about how you live your lives into my pre-existing <laughs> yeah. of, of social and economic structures. But uh, the, the premise rep for this episode, the blurb, Picard is trapped on a planet with an alien who can only communicate metaphors. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Showrunner Russell T. Davies of Doctor Who, the Doctor Who reboot, uh-huh. saw that blurb and is like, I am not going to watch this episode because it it piqued his curiosity so much. It gave him so many ideas. He never oh. watched it. Oh, because he, he the premise was so intriguing that he didn't want it spoiled? Correct. Interesting. Um, and so he made a Doctor Who episode called Midnight based on that blurb. Okay. Um, and Midnight is the one where the doctor's going around with Donna. She decides to stay at a spa. He goes out on like a, a tour to look at some crystals. And an alien that we never see invests, infests the tour van and eventually like convinces all the humans inside the tour van to throw the doctor out of an airlock. Um, Midnight is a heck of an episode. The, there's no effects for the monster. It's all acting. Yeah. Um, and it's just honestly one of the best. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, inspired indirectly by this episode. Here we go. Um, you know, this is kind of his gambit. Uh, Riker's gambit's kind of going. He's like, hey, how are things are going? And I mean, at the very least, he's uh, he's trying to keep his guys safe, even though he is technically gambling with their lives. Yeah. And I in a couple scenes, he's going to be like, wait, what if he tried communicating with them? I mean, that was the entire reason for this mission. <laughs> right. I and mean, that's where the mission went wrong. And that might be a way to resolve the mission. What if we just have, like, our brain person and our person person? 
get together to solve this before we start sending shuttlecraft everywhere. Right. Because um, after the first 20 minutes of, of uh, Dathan and Picard being in the same zip code right. and no one's dead, like you're like, okay, this is obviously a stable situation. Right. And that that's kind of what throws me is that the only person kind of destabilizing this situation is Riker. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the tomorrow, yes. And it's so disappointing that we have Riker acting in character and he's still not ready for the big chair. Right. And, and he could have done like some sort of thing like, hey, listen, set up like a, uh, uh, Jordy, this is what I need you to do. I need you to go find a space probe. I want you to hollow out and give it any kind of thing you need for survival. Like just all of sur- all of the survival stuff you need to like exist down there peacefully. Uh, and I want you to like just send it on a course to crash land nearby the captain's position. Yeah, um, go full Hunger Games. Right, exactly. Here you go. Here are the tools. <laughs> and so at the very mm-hmm. least, when they show up and like some real danger happens, you know, they can still negotiate it in in a safer kind of engagement because he doesn't like what the man of action trope always realizes is he has no power to affect the outcome um he can only ever hedge his bets and so um if he realized that sooner then he probably wouldn't have been um, making this more difficult but then again we wouldn't have drama and stuff like that yeah, and I like that Worf is like, oh yeah, what about this Riker? Worf <laughs> is kind of challenging Riker, and Riker's cool with that. Yeah, that's Riker's good. like, yeah, no, 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 I, I get what you're saying, but we're not doing it yet. Yeah, yeah. I He's like, you. I'm into it. And, we can totally do that, but just as a last resort. And, and we did we did gloss over it uh, last episode with all the guys getting shuffled around to other ships, but we got McDuff here now. Yeah. Um, Commander McDuff, who's sort of like the officer in charge of Miscellany. But he is a dick, and I think Riker... I mean, yeah, him. he one-ups Riker, so. and then now I guess Riker's kind of acting like he has something to prove, so that's a little weird, but, I mean, yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a good place. It gives us a little bit of, of stir in the rue, which this season does with new characters, and I think it's it generally pays off. Yeah. Um, so this so is... I, yeah. Is this is he acting in good... Uh, not acting in good faith. Uh, is this proper survival etiquette? <laughs> Going to another man's <laughs> camp when he's away... <laughs> I, I I really could not say because <laughs> right because Captain Dathan's gone now and Picard's just poking around touching his dice which is yeah. un- which is definitely unacceptable. <laughs> and, uh, you have to ask for us, man. You you mentioned in the run up last time that this reminds you of like a Kirk episode, right? And they're filming in the same spots basically. And oh, yeah. this reminds me of Arena. And in the middle of Arena, Kirk is making captain's logs. <laughs> uh, just like Captain Dathan is here. Okay. Picard opens the little logbook and he's like, just as I suspected, an yeah. incomprehensible alien language. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really just Great like, it's just like stick figures, like, and like with little cloud bubbles, like how they're talking to each other. Like basically his captain's <laughs> log is like, it reads like a comic book. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, this is a pretty good, uh, a bit where we have Troy and Data working together kind of breaking this down yeah and i've said it before them being paired even without some sort of direct goal to quote the mission um makes a lot of sense to me because uh troy has said that oh data doesn't i can't read him he he just doesn't have any emotions 
Um, and it seems like that if she has to flex her emotional restraint for everyone on the ship, then being around someone who doesn't have emotions might be um, helpful. And if Data wants to be more human, then she can also engage like her counselor skills. Like, hey, well, you know, what what makes you think that you don't have emotions? Or just go into this notion of what emotions really are. You could have had a whole bunch of character arcs between these two people uh, that would have been super interesting. But what we get here is just... Hey guys, left left brain, right brain. Let's figure out the problem. Yeah, I, I'm satisfied with this. Uh, yeah, Troy doesn't get anything, but when you put her in a room with just one other person because yeah. of the writing, they have to make progress. Right. And while this series is not above just having one person be smart, while the other person goes, "Huh? huh? Yeah, Nani? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nani the fuck? Yeah. When they choose." you know, to actually have constructive dialogue, that means that by definition, Troy has to be useful. Right. Um, and it's great. Um, anyway, yeah. so, and they're, they're figuring out that, uh, Darmok and Tanagra are phrases from local culture, from different planets that maybe yeah. aren't Tamarian. Yeah. That's actually something. Yeah. Now. That's actually something interesting as well. So they, they figure out through two SQL queries that there is one record that uh, is uh, intersecting between these two searches. Okay, interesting. So Darmak is a hunter. How does Starfleet know that if they've never contacted any of the Telemarians before? You wonder, is he of another society that has a relationship with the Telarians? Yeah. And Sean Taylor, so. <laughs> He's like, I know, I was reading your journal. He's like, forget about that, man. You got to fight. He's like, oh, no, it's, it's a great use of body language. Yeah. He just throws that journal away. Right. Great. And then he looks around. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, oh, man, we're in trouble. And this dude doesn't want to fight. It's weird. <laughs> Look, I locked eyes with the Enderman. He'll be here any minute. That, <laughs> yeah. That, that, the way he delivered that line where he's like, Darmak and Jalada Tanagra. It was almost as if he were saying... This was my idea. I asked for it. <laughs> like this is, yeah. I, I, you know, I've I've uh, made my bed. Now I got to sleep in it. Yeah, I uh, like that. Picard's eventually getting slowly realizing uh, yeah. in a very, you know, methodical, well written way right. what's happening. Yeah, and, and it's a very direct progress, right? Where now he's taking the knife. Now he right. understands. Yeah, now he knows that he doesn't want to fight him. And, yeah. you know, I mean, it kind of is weird that he thought that anyway after the dude gave him fire, like, to not freeze at night. But, you know, whatever. I mean, I guess yeah. it, it's more of the shorthanded television than anything. And and then, of course, like, for dramatic purposes, this beam out comes. I mean, the beam out comes logically from the electro, the EM monster or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's still like the most dramatic timing. Yeah, and like um, you know, this could have gone. This could have like he could have worked the whole thing. Like imagine if the Talarians could have understood what was happening that uh, that the this monster was attacking their captain, and at that very moment, oh, uh, a star. Way, I'm sorry, this girl is her name is Robin Leffler. She's played by Ashley Judd. Yes, of of the Judd family. Um, and she will actually appear in a later episode. Cool, neat. Trust me, it's important. But uh, pl- well, please yeah, continue. Well, yeah, um, um, yeah. So like, they try to get him out while the fight is happening, and essentially abandoning the captain in his hour of need. That could have just ruined this whole thing. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I I think it's reasonable for them to want to get the, the captain out. I think saying, oh, he's in a dangerous situation. Let's leave the other captain alone that he's obviously not fighting with. <laughs> look at look at that look like, at that that's sweater. That sweater is so like over like it's like a bag. Like he's wearing a sack. <laughs> Go get one of yeah, your it looks size, bad. Picard. Yeah. It's not flattering. I think uh the uniforms have padding in them, right? The basic uniforms they wear. Yeah. Uh which I think is shitty because of reasons. But um like Will Wheaton's uniform had padding in it, and it's like, dude, he's a teenager. Just oof. <laughs> that's not yeah. healthy. So uh so, you know, whenever you take that off, it looks like this. Yeah. And certainly this is better, but it is a drawing departure from what we're seeing. It's like, oh, Picard's just an old man. All right. <laughs> no, no offense to Patrick Stewart. You know, he works out. He's in shape. We see I him mean, shirtless yeah. later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, he's doing good. Yeah. Better um, than I am, for sure. But at the same time. So, it just like he's... Uh, it just breaks the visuals that you were accustomed to with Star Trek. And if the visuals had been honest from the start, I think it'd be better. But um, regardless. Yeah, maybe so. Um, it's really frustrating so how so uh, the, you know, Riker's like, hey, where are we on that transport? Two hours. We need him now. Like, okay, five minutes. Like, I really don't <sighs> like that paradigm at all. And especially when when you see it so often in business folks at like my job it's like no we told you all of these things couldn't happen for a reason you can't just petulantly say i want it now and then magically it happens there are reasons for all these things yes um and and to the credit of this episode jordy's like yeah we can do it in five minutes probably won't work but we can do it in five minutes. yeah yeah and that's uh, that is some somewhat uh somewhat good like he was trying to verify that all the stuff could work and he's like hey i can try but maybe we'll only get his legs this time but we'll see <laughs> and, and then as a result uh like that closes down that option and it's very much oh there isn't no solution there isn't only one solution there are several solutions and we're trying his them, eyes uncovered oh man i love it i love how like he gets so excited when he understands something oh yeah it's great. It would be funny too if, like, this guy was just uh, another species that's passive on their planet, <laughs> but like yeah. uh, was like coming to say hi. And the first thing that happens is Picard knifes him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like I some mean, species are worth communication, but not all of them. I mean, you know, s- screw him. He <laughs> he's scared. He's all, like me. electromagnetic and stuff. Yeah, he's not. He's not, like, not, he's not like us. It's not our solid bodies and our bipedal human looks. <laughs> yeah. So um, this is some high drama, though. We get we get good action and we get good science fiction here. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I like that they aren't able to beam up Picard at this moment. Yeah. Uh, because I, 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 it would have, it would have been frustrating. Um, and I kind of feel like Riker should be reprimanded somewhat. <laughs> yeah, he definitely deserves a pimp slap once Picard gets back yeah. in the village. Because it's like, huh, that Tamarian's dying after being really good for a while. Energy being is close. Seems yeah. dangerous. Yeah, let's just keep trying to beam up the captain. Sure, it's fine. Yeah, Dave's uh, like, it's uh, just... <laughs> Riker, I'm concerned about the captain. He's uh, The sun's setting, but he doesn't have any fire. Wait a minute. Fire from the other camp has made its way to the captain. The captain does have fire now. 
Oh wow, he <laughs> must he must have made it all on his own. <laughs> he must have stolen it with his telepathy. <laughs> He even gets his shirt ripped, which is a pretty Kirk thing to do. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, sh- showing some of those abs. It's, you know, personally, it's not worth killing, not worth starting a conflict over Picard. Picard's on the planet. Picard wouldn't want war. Picard's yeah. willing to die for peace. Yeah, and that's why the is Will Riker starting a war? Right. Picard? That's the thing that bothers me too. Is like, okay, let's say he's acting within the regs, quote unquote. Um, he should know enough about Picard, um, as you say, to figure out how fast he wants to get to a heading by how frustrated he is. But yeah. he doesn't know that Picard would die for peace, that he wouldn't want anyone to uh, – that he want to figure out like what was happening before we use any sort of martial solution. Yeah. Riker's like, they took her, Captain. And it's just like, come on, dude. Just relax. Like, what is the Tamarian endgame? To steal one captain and put you in charge of the Enterprise? I mean, yes. <laughs> crippling blow to the Federation. But all the same, not that critical. Right. Um, like, what is your deal even? But he's driving the conflict. And he's right. driving it just like one man with a freaking 40 ounce in one hand. Yeah. And the on the wheel. I mean, yeah. That's uh, 100% true. And this is an action show. And we need we call them Riker scenes. Yeah. Usually Riker's a little less instrumental in making them. Usually we just let the writers do that. And so but, this is kind uh, of interesting, too, that apparently there are these, quote, configurations that you can do for these phasers uh, to make them more have more utility in specific situations. So much so that he can kind of say, yeah, we have to pre-configure things, right, Worf? And Worf's like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, it's all in your build, man. Look, I yeah. mean, it's all purple, but you got to slot it in and out. <laughs> yeah. So does that wow joke work now? No, I think, uh, yeah, um, I think it works. Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, I play wow. So of course, um, this is uh, there. We get it. We get the uh, Shakespeare. I was wondering how long before we were going to get a yeah. Shakespeare thing. I, I I think I said in the pre-roll that this is part of our cultural mytho history, and therefore it works. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think there are other bits. Uh, you don't always have to go with American culture. Um, we have we're part of you know. American culture, even European culture, is interacting with other cultures. So we don't always have to like pull from Shakespeare. We can pull from other places. That's fair. You could say Quixote tilting at windmills. Right. Uh, or uh, what was it? Um, I got nothing. I had something and I lost yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could reference, you know, one or two Russian novels, but those names are all word salad to me, so I couldn't really do it off the cuff. Yeah, that's fair. So. I'd be like, Sikovsky hitting Dostoevsky with an axe. And I'd be like, that's sort of crime and punishment. <laughs> I feel like some key details have been changed. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, I don't know what this was. Uh, it is kind of funny that, that he's kind of rolling up on him with two knives. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you couldn't even let him have one per card. Like, come on, man. All right. The bad news is the hibachi bar is closed. <laughs> The good news is I have these complimentary knives. We're truly roughing it now. <laughs> so I only have one espresso. <laughs> I um 
so I they we finally realize that they're speaking in memes. Picard's finally getting it. I think right. we've been led there very well by the story. Yeah, um, yeah, we definitely. We, this has definitely been a narrative to educate both Picard and the audience for this kind of contrived premise, and it's doing it well. Yeah. Yeah. And I usually I'm usually like, oh, this should be a Riker episode or whatever. And certainly it wouldn't hurt if this was a Riker episode. Uh, Jordy is known for going to planets and making friends with people. Right. But this is a perfect Picard episode. Yeah, this is it's a good Picard a episode. Show. And you know Riker would have picked up that knife and started to go to toe-to-toe with that dude. He's like, oh, you want a knife fight? Let's do it. Mm. Riker and- picked up the knife and said, I don't want to fight. I'm not going to fight you while gesticulating violently. <laughs> yeah. And instead of Damn just throwing way. it on the ground, he like like throws it knife first into the dude's foot. <laughs> Picture Riker just drawing dicks in the sand. <laughs> what am I going to do? It's the fundamentals of all communication. <laughs> Where does the dick go? This is what the I'm trying to... The alien pulls down his pants and Riker's like, what? That's not either of the two things I'm familiar with. Communication's hopeless. Ah, <laughs> uh, Riker. I do like that, uh, you know, Picard tries to further the narrative with a picture. He, he has like a, a yeah. representation in the ground of what he's saying. And he's like, and um, this is good how he slowly. And the only thing I've ever seen this done, and it wasn't even as good as this, um, was in 13th Warrior where uh, he, he, you know, the 13th Warrior is an Arab and he doesn't understand like Nordic speak. But after he, you know, hangs out with him for a while he eventually learns um, how they all speak together. And then that slowly, it goes from, you know, the audience not understanding what the Nords are saying to everyone understanding what everyone's saying. Yeah. So and this I, does that a little bit better, I think, but the premise is still the same and it's nice. Yeah. I, I don't think we need to compare to two great works of art uh, competitively, you know, 13th warrior, Darmok. I mean, both great, both great. <laughs> um so yeah i but they are communicating in memes i'm trying to figure out like what the modern version of this would be if picard would be like dylan and dutch their arms <laughs> clasped their biceps flexed <laughs> you know uh dathan and picard hands clasped peace so dick butt smiling to the viewer <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Dathan leans back. Ah, <laughs> I have not met that mm. meme in many years. <laughs> but so here's the other thing yeah. too. This is one of the few times where earlier when Picard's like, "Hey, I'm I'm an archaeology nerd," which by um, implication he's also kind of a history nerd. Yeah, yeah. His history nerd and like liking a good mystery, um, it is served well here because he's slowly oh, yeah. piecing it together and it's really good. Oh, he also does the um his face black, his eyes red. Yeah. The the commander pops that one up again once they get into actual shooting up upstairs. Yeah, yeah. And uh I guess yeah. that means he's dead or like he or like he's he's seeing the light, as we would say. Yeah, well, it's it's associated with death at the very least. Yeah. Um, and again, it's there's there's like a, maybe a dozen phrases in here, but it's easy to miss how they how they rhyme and how they're reused, which again just builds on the episode, especially on replay. Yeah the 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 replay here is pretty interesting, and um, I really uh, I really it 
this is one of the few times where when I'm watching this a second time as we're kind of talking about it, uh, you get I've gotten more enjoyment out of watching it um, than the first time. Uh, so this is well done. Okay. And like I, I like how he's starting to use like his terms. He's like, hey, look, I, I can't tell stories, man. And he's like. He's like, whatever, nerd. <laughs> I want to hear cool stories. I like, like when he said, you wouldn't understand me anywhere. It's like, you think you understand Darmark and Jalada Tanaga? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's more that was going on. So yeah, when he's it's always, yeah. when he's doing this, I'm like, all right, bring me the Shakespeare. When's it coming up? But he brings me, <laughs> he gives me Gilgamesh. Very good. That's yeah. very good ethnic inclusion, Picard. I uh, even as a as a wee lad, I expected some Shakespeare here. I, right. I think Troy primed the pump for us there, right? And also the entire rest of the series. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was good. Uh, I I was not, and I'm still not familiar with the Epic of Gilgamesh. I've done some basic Wikipediaing on it, but yeah, uh, I, I I'm not. I'm really not f- yeah, same. Um, I mean, it sounds interesting. I want to be more familiar now that I hear this kind of Picard version. Uh, in a few sentences yeah well i mean i think for a lot of old stories you read them and you're like hey wait this is like you know insert greek story or insert bible story and you're like wait a second (laughs) have these things happened before are some of these greek stories less than completely authentic (laughs) it's almost like these greek stories are retelling a story that's already been told yeah so um you know which is i guess part of the 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 mytho history here right um anyway uh it's great it's it's my first a exposure to gilgamesh and enkidu and that was a reason for me to read up more on it um and that's also like a tiny message of this episode yeah of you know our own history is important to us these stories are are elemental to who we are yeah, uh, that's true, and and the you know it's important to kind of see where all the stories come from as well, um, because yeah. the 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 victors are the ones that generally write the history. So when you kind of look at all the different angles of history, you can kind of start piecing together um, what was really happening. Yeah, I um, <laughs> uh, so and there he is. He's gone. Yeah, I think he lives through the night. No, 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 no. Picard says he's gone forever. There we go. Yeah. I feel like Riker should shoot like a big cannon into the atmosphere with a picture of of Dathan. <laughs> right. This tribute has died. It's like, damn it, Riker, I told you to stop that. <laughs> it's not classy. Right. Um, so, I mean, I assume, right, yeah, Data's like checking out. I was like, hey, the captain's dead. Uh, oh, our captain? No, 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 theirs. All right, let's shoot him. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Clearly, we're at the peak of our danger at this point. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It actually seems like there's less danger. They are coming right for us. Let's fire. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the Temerian's game is here. If Dathan's dead, then it seems like the whole gig is up, right? Right. Unless they need him to fight the monster. If that's just part of... Picard is going to leave this dude out here. He's like, I swear to God, when I get back, I'm going to take Beverly's Cairn building. I will never have a body on a planet uncovered by stones. It's just, it's just disrespectful, really. Yeah. So, 
And I kind of like this here. He's like, hey, listen, I got to survive because uh, he values the communication that they've had as much as uh, the the Marion captain did. So, yeah. And it's also important to make it clear that the Tamarian died for peace. The Tamarian died right. to communicate. He took that risk. Um, and then, and then our, our heroes screwed it up. And now, yeah. and he, that's definitely why he died. So, yeah. uh, anyway, it's an interesting little monster that we never have to explain. Right. Um, it seems somewhat you know, intricate, but it could have just been done with CGI. I'm not sure. Were those pinpoint hits? Those did not seem like pinpoint hits. Yeah, it just like seemed pretty like big hits. Th- like they were just bukkake hits. They're just like everywhere. Yeah. It's like, no, no, we can focus it in the power fields that directly link to their particle field. Are yeah. those particle fields in those power Look fields at that duck face. everywhere? <laughs> so. Right. Yeah, and then and then Riker jumps across the table with the knife. <laughs> and uh, he completely gets his ass kicked. Yeah. It's like, no, dude, sure. Riker, you... You're the creative tactics guy. Can you not? I know. I know. There's like 20 seconds left in the episode, dude. But can you not do something creative? Also, like, where where is Captain beat? Picard? Like, can't he just say like, "Will dis- disengage all martial action"? You know, open up a hailing freeze. I'm coming to the bridge. Like, yeah. we know that's what he's doing. But no, I mean, we know they can speak throughout the ship. But he's not. Picard's not doing that right now for whatever reason. I mean, yeah. the reason uh, is drama, the, but. Those original effects shots uh, had the fa- had the phaser blast coming from the torpedo tubes. People kept writing Rick Berman about it. And he hated it, and they, they fixed it in the remaster. Uh, so please continue writing Rick Berman about that. Yeah. All right. So this is good. So, He's like, hey, listen, Jack, you need to chill out, yeah. man. Yeah, I like how he, he opens the uh, yeah the communications to the to Larry. He's like, one second, Rika, bitch, slap yourself. Shaka, the walls fell. Damak and Jalada Tanagra. Yeah, on the <laughs> I'm, ocean. I'm really sorry. He gestures at Riker. Puppy on the carpet, not trained yet. <laughs> uh, Damak and Jalada the ocean. <laughs> Pigeon <laughs> parrot having sex with human photographer. <laughs> <laughs> engage yeah. so and Picard does great and like he says all the things and then he goes shaka when the walls fell and you're like wait that's not no that's the opposite of what we got Picard are you just saying things have you learned nothing Picard and he just starts saying things that, that uh, I like the this. other guy said to him I like this Picard yeah. and Dathan at L it's so like it's such a good catharsis line you know what i mean yes like hey man we're chilling out here we're not leaving well they've done something yeah they've they've done something that's now part of the mytho history um they've been incorporated into it and i like that where he's like hey listen are you are you trying to lead us into like a a trap i know about this trap and he's like nope at rest all (laughs) right cool all right good deal (laughs) he's offering him the, the the knife back timba his arms open he's offering the knife well, he, the, when he first saw the Timbas with arms open, it was to his arms open and then fist closed. Uh, I guess you can use it for two different things. Yeah. Well, Timba, his arms wide, is sharing. The other guy's oh, like, you're real, his fist uh, open, you're real, his fist closed. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah. Right. So, he was just offering the knife back, and the guy said, hey, um, yeah, you can keep it. And Riker's like, a new friend? And Bacar's like, well, I managed to turn that L you were chiseling out into a draw. So, uh, we'll see how it turns out. <laughs> that L you were chiseling out. It's good. Um, I like this. 
And the end scene here reminds me of the mm-hmm. importance of patience when you know pursuing either knowledge or a new skill. Um, it was kind of refreshing. You know, he's talking about how he's trying to kind of get up on these metaphors so that whenever they do communication again, he'll be more prepared. But he doesn't, they haven't succeeded. Like he's leaving, they haven't succeeded. And he's expecting the next time he runs into them, they still will have work to do. And yeah. that shows that he's in the middle of the process. He's not at the end. Yeah, which isn't in keeping with this series, but we, we take the idea. Right. Um, and I think also, you know, these are people whose mythology and culture is very tightly intertwined into all of their communications. Right. We're not like that. Like we have a whole new level of communications churned up with like every generation of the youth. Yeah. Like I made a Vine joke earlier and you're like, yeah, TikTok. I'm like, oh yeah. That's <laughs> I keep up. And, and, you know, like that is the generative source of our cultural reference. And it would yeah. be nice, um, you know, if, if that could be tied to older stuff. But we ourselves don't keep that older stuff fresh. Yeah, I mean, um, it's kind of like when, when you have kind of these grammar, you know, purists who are like, oh, you're not using that sentence right, or that, that's not a real word. It's like, well, language is always kind of evolving, so get get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I also love that this episode takes a knife, an ostensibly uh, violent tool, and turns it into uh, a symbol of peace and communication. Yeah. Which is I mean, such a freaking Star Trek thing to do. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. So uh, that's the end of our episode. Uh, Final thoughts? So this is an excellent episode for sure. Um, I think that for me, it was easy to be critical of Riker's actions because I felt as if I knew what was going on to some extent. Like I knew that they were having some sort, like how they were communicating. I kind of got it and I felt like you could have taken that and solved your problem from there. Uh, but they didn't. And so those sorts, those bits of the narrative were somewhat frustrating. You know, like, oh, we got to shoot them. We got to do this. And it's like, ah, do you? Um, but everything else was great. It is a good one. I have nothing more to add. I guess we could have made some Disney jokes about the use of our uh, own mytho history as capital. Yeah. But regardless, we, we missed it. It's gone. So or, yeah. Or yeah. Or the mining of just other folks stories that are not Western, uh, you know, that are not you know american uh as a way to make money so next week we are going to watch ensign row we have a picture of uh, a woman uh, wearing one earring she looks like an alien because she has some sort of face prosthetic um i think i've seen this woman before uh her face looks familiar i don't know if it's just through wandering the internet or commercials or whatever but uh, she looks very familiar you know, we're in the teleporter room, so that's pretty much it. I guess she's just she's coming aboard the ship, um, and uh, this is what we get from Netflix: a new officer, Ensign Rowe, is enlisted to track down a. I'm going to stop you right there. Actually, okay. um, she can't be enlisted. She is an officer. You notice how four words earlier it says officer, and how three words earlier it says ensign. She can't be enlisted. I'm sorry. That's. There have been some pretty bad Netflix cards in our time, but that is the worst one. <laughs> Please continue. I apologize. All right. Um, is enlisted yeah. to try to track down a, a band of Bajorian terrorists, yet Roe, a Bajorian herself, must first win her crewmate's trust. Is it because she's Bajorian or? <laughs> <laughs>
there's a lot going on with this episode. So uh, we will see next week. All right. And until then, remember Remember Ren. I'll make this short because no one likes credits. Star Trek is property of CBS Television Studios and Paramount Pictures, unless that deal went through. Uh, We are watching Star Trek on Netflix. We are talking over Discord and recording and editing on Audacity. The Beige and the Bold is hosted on Anchor and can be found on most podcasting platforms. I would also like to thank our senior officer patrons for supporting the Beige and the Bold. They also make video editions of this podcast and remasters of old episodes possible. So thank you to Tracker by Moonlight and Miss Jess. If you have any questions or concerns about the show, please contact me at vanvelding at gmail.com or on Twitter at vanvelding. Thank you and remember Rand.